Hey, everybody. This is episode 59 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Hey, hey, soapboxers. Welcome to the last episode of 2018. I'm feeling kind of emotional wishing you a happy holiday season right now and also feeling really grateful and proud of what we've accomplished in 2018. Recently, I was having a real surge of community pride, just marveling at all of the creativity and drive exhibited by Triangle folks going to local events, whether they're farmer's markets or craft markets, performances, exhibits, end of year activities. There's just a lot to celebrate. I'm wondering what you're celebrating at the end of 2018 and what you're looking forward to in 2019. What kind of changes will you be making? How do you plan to thrive and help others thrive? Drop me a line and let me know. I'll be back on the other side of the new year to bring you Artist Soapbox podcast episodes in 2019. It's amazing to think that I started this podcast in 2017 and that soon it will be 2019. Ah, our baby's growing up, right? (laughs) It's funny when I think about my actual babies who aren't really babies anymore. I don't notice from day to day how they are growing And then every once in a while, I look at our doorframe leading into the laundry room. We mark their height there twice a year, and they love to see how much they grow. And whenever we do that, I can't believe how much they've shot up in the intervening months. I forget that they're still growing, and it's happening every day, that cumulative growth. And then I'm so shocked when we measure it the next time. Growth is a funny thing, right? For my kids, they don't need to consciously concentrate on growing their bodies. Assuming they eat and sleep, growth just happens automatically. As adults, I think we need to be a little bit more intentional about growth, and that's where goals and plans come in. This time of year seems to bring up assessment of our growth, reflection, and then planning for the next year. And that can be a tender time for us grown-ups who reflect on where we've been, where we are, and where we'd like to go. What about you? Where have you been? Where are you now? And where will you go? Are you marking your growth on a metaphorical doorframe in your house? How do you keep track? I'm going to talk a little bit about growth in this episode. The episode is actually a little bit of a hodgepodge. I want to tell you what's coming up next year and how the podcast will be changing, give some special thanks, and then wrap up by answering an anonymous question submitted by Priyan, one of our listeners. This is a rare, totally solo episode, and I hope you enjoy it. So first is the state of the podcast and a little behind-the-scenes information if you are curious. The first episode of Artist Soapbox was released on September 1st in 2017, and it's the beginning of December 2018, so we're about 15 months into this endeavor. It's been an incredible learning curve in ways I didn't expect, from technical to administrative to interpersonal. 
I'm really grateful for the guests and the listeners and the supporters who have supported my growth. You're currently listening to episode 59, but I actually have about a dozen episodes in the queue. Right before this, I recorded the intro to episode 70. See, I interviewed a slew of podcast guests this fall, 13 total between October and November. And all of those episodes are now in the Artist Soapbox pipeline and will be dripped out over the next few months. Banking episodes in that way will give me some time off in December and January to spend some quality family time and to do the planning that I need to do for 2019. One of the things I learned in 2018 is that this podcast takes a lot of time and is much more complicated logistically than I thought which is likely the same for any new small business, right? (laughs) My focus now is on streamlining and operationalizing the the behind-the-scenes of the podcast. Each interview episode takes about 10 to 20 hours of my work time, and producing an episode is about a 20-step process. Some of those steps take 15 seconds, and some of those steps take several hours. For example... I counted seven different emails that I send to each podcast guest throughout as part of the process. So I'm devoting time now to making templates, setting up automatic replies, and finding ways to organize my process list for each episode. Streamlining, efficiency, batching, systems, those are my keywords these days. If you like numbers, I've got some for you. I'm recording this in early December 2018, as I mentioned, and as of this date, we have 378 people subscribed to the blog and about 5,300 total downloads, which is pretty freaking cool, and that averages out to be a little less than 100 downloads per episode. Downloads can range from 217 to 40, and I am... (laughs) Not ashamed to say that the fewest downloads goes to me with the solo episode number 12. (laughs) That's right. I'm on the low end with the 40. As you might imagine, the majority of our listeners are in North Carolina in the United States, but there are many more than I expected from other states and internationally, including Canada, Germany, Japan, the UK, Australia, Sweden, Spain, Mexico, and 23 other countries around the world. It's really fun to think of a national and international audience as well as loyal local fans. This reach actually is one of my favorite things about having a podcast. It travels. I love listening to podcasts because at this stage in my life with my family, it's really hard for me to show up in person at a specific time on most days. For example, late afternoon doesn't work because of school pickup. Dinner time doesn't work because my spouse may or may not be home to watch the kids. Bedtime is dicey. Weekends are often devoted to kid activities Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm home all day with my youngest, and so on and so on. So the stars really need to align, and I need a lot of advance notice to get the logistics in order for me to show up, which is why I'm already in the midst of planning the interview schedule for the entire year of 2019 before 2019 is even here. I feel like I can barely show up for my own stuff, let alone other people's. So, God willing, things will open up as the smallest kid gets older, but that's the way it is right now. 
We know it will change. This is just a season in my life. And if you're in the same position, then friend, I feel your struggle. It's hard to participate in community when you can't be there in person. I started this podcast and I continue to do the podcast as a way of showing up for our community and my way of forging and strengthening relationships. Nothing beats face-to-face interaction, but it's really nice to have something to listen to when you're by yourself and you have the time to listen, whether that's in the car, commuting to work, picking up the kids, the middle of the night, during a 5 a.m. run, when you can't sleep, etc. I love the portability and accessibility of this medium, and I love the way it slows us down and forces us to concentrate on listening to another person's voice. What an important exercise in this day and age, don't you think? Listening. I am hoping to continue to grow our listenership in 2019. I have a few ideas, but if you have additional thoughts on how to do that, then please reach out to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now, on to some changes. I'm excited to tell you how the podcast will be changing in 2019. I think the change is going to be really good. I will be formulating a more detailed plan over these next few months, but I do know that instead of releasing an episode each week, I'm going to scale back and release two, maybe three, but probably two interview episodes a month. So scaling back will give me some extra space for important things like planning for the future of the podcast instead of just flying by the seat of my pants from week to week, devoting energy to my family and my own creative practices, which have been given short shrift since the podcast has taken over. And P.S., I have a few creative projects in the works that I'm not totally ready to reveal yet. I mean, the short version is that I'm going to be writing some audio dramas, which is exciting and terrifying. And that seems about right. (laughs) I'll tell you more about that as it develops. And besides that, I need some rest, like some downtime. I'm not so good at resting. My kids don't let me rest. Do you need rest? Let's hold each other accountable for some resting in 2019, okay? I know I've said this before, but we have an incredible number of brilliant, generous, creative people who live here. Honestly, I feel like I could double the number of interviews I'm doing now and never run out of amazing artists to talk with. And that's one of the reasons it's really hard to reduce the number of interview episodes that I'll be doing next year. The good news is that I've already started sending out invitations for interview guests in 2019, and it's going to be a great lineup. If you're a patron of Artist Soapbox via our Patreon page, Then I'll be sharing the interview list with you as it comes together. 2019 will be great, and I have a feeling the lineup for 2020 will be great, and so on and so on. I'm trying to take the long view, and we have a lot of good conversations to look forward to. Another change is that next year, I'm moving away from calendar-dependent interviews that are for promoting a specific upcoming event I mean, there may be some of those, but I'll be focusing more on content that is evergreen. And I may do some more solo episodes, which are a little bit less time intensive, and also will allow me to synthesize what I've gleaned from 70 plus interviews. I'll let you know how it goes. 
If you want to be sure to receive notifications about podcast episodes and blog posts, then please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes, or via my website, artistsoapbox.org. You'll receive an email every time something new flies out into the world. As a side note, in case you're curious, scaling back does not decrease the expense of the podcast. I'll still be spending the same amount of dollars, maybe more, to outsource a few items, but I'll be gaining back my time, which is currently unpaid. Thankfully, I have a small group of loyal patrons who help to alleviate the monthly costs of the podcast and provide funding that I use to pay the artists who assist me with editing and administrative work. Please know that you are a crucial part of supporting this podcast and an important part of growing our audience. If you're able to support the podcast via our Patreon page, even at $1 a month, please press pause and do that now. It makes a huge difference financially, but also psychologically to know that this podcast has the support of my community. If now is not the best time for financial support, then as I mentioned earlier, I'd be truly grateful if you share episodes with friends and spread the word to help grow our listenership. The most reliable way to grow listenership is when listeners personally suggest a podcast to their friends. It works. The upside to reducing the number of podcast episodes in 2019 means that people have a rather large back catalog to listen to, and I've grouped the podcasts into larger categories on the Artist Soapbox website. So if you're looking for podcasts related to theater, visual arts, dance, self-care for artists, etc., you can see the list there and just click from one to the next. All right, what else in 2019? Do you have a creative project you'd like to move forward next year? If you do, Mara and I will be co-facilitating a creative accountability group in February, and we'd love to have you join us. This is our third group, and the first two were so inspiring and filled with lovely and generous artists. Mara has written several blog posts on the creative accountability groups, and we also recorded a podcast about it. You can hear some of the participants talk about their experience in that podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. The next group begins on February 12th and runs for five weeks. Other than witnessing the progress the artists make during five weeks, my favorite things about the creativity group are the camaraderie of the people and the way that individuals get in touch with themselves as creators. I am totally and 100% serious when I say that if you have a creative project that you want to make progress on, you should come and join us. You are invited It's a really wonderful experience, and we'd love to see you there. The next offering is really close to my heart. I have heard so many artists talk about how much they hate talkbacks and how much they struggle with getting solid, helpful feedback for their works in progress. I have also personally witnessed many a constructive criticism session gone really wrong to the point that the artist at the front of the room was unable to continue working on the piece because some of the, quote, constructive criticism was mean, clumsy, ignorant, unhelpful, and or distracting. I'm not saying that people try to give unhelpful criticism, but I am saying that mostly people don't know how to do it, and we artists don't know how to solicit it. In fact, we talked about this in a few different podcast episodes. The ones that come to mind are episode 42 with the Durham Independent Dance Artists and episode 50 with Alex Ripp. So 
I propose that we do feedback better in 2019. I'm offering a two-day workshop in March focused on soliciting feedback on your creative work. It's the first time I've offered anything like this, so it's a beta group, but that means it will be offered at a lower price this time around, if that makes it more appealing. And most importantly, it means this feedback problem will be addressed in a more formal and thoughtful way. I don't promise to have all the answers, but I do promise to aim for solutions. Our community prides itself on promoting new work, but we have definitely not cracked the code on the feedback, talkback, criticism problem. So join me, let's sort it out, and then model a better way forward. Regarding all of these workshops and more that we haven't that I haven't even revealed to you yet, just stay tuned. You can subscribe via our website, artistsoapbox.org, to stay up to date on the latest info. And again, you can look in the show notes for links. So some final thoughts and special thanks. Firstly, Mara Thomas will be putting together a blog post with some of her favorite episodes from 2018, so you can look forward to reading that next week and comparing her list with yours. I'd love to know if you have favorites that aren't on her list. Also, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to episode 55 about bullying in the rehearsal room, then please give it a listen over the holidays. I'm really proud of that episode, which was actually built around a listener's question, and I believe it provides an enormous amount of value. Friends, I know you know this, but it's past time to pay attention to establishing safe and inspiring spaces to make creative work. And you may think you already do that, and indeed, you may be right, but I'd suggest you listen anyway, just to check your work. Speaking of work, I made an infographic this year, don't you know? The first one I ever made, and perhaps the last. The infographic is called 10 Ways to Respect the Work of Artists in Your Community. The 10 ways were based on responses that I received from other artists, and I think it's a good list to reference when you're looking for ways to show respect. And who doesn't want to show respect, right? I also created a podcast episode about it, episode number 44. All right, I can't help myself. I'm going to read you the 10 ways to respect the work. Tell me what you think of this list. Number one, contribute to the bottom line. Number two, get other people interested. Number three, show up. Number four, be the best audience member. Number five, talk to the artists. Number six, challenge yourself as an audience member. Number seven, encourage artists repeatedly. Number eight, Look toward the future. Number nine, treat artists as pros. And number 10, remember, respect matters. I made an infographic, <laughs> which makes me feel like I just checked something off my bucket list. I want to give out some special thanks here to the patrons of Artist Soapbox who pay money to support this episode and every episode from Artist Soapbox. Special thanks to the listeners who like and share and give me some love on social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. We're there. Thanks for the love. Special thanks to Shadowbox Studio, where so many of our episodes are recorded. To Mary Bell Park Productions, who edits many of the episodes. And to Kaylee Morrison, who handles show notes and graphics. Thank you to all of you. And 
Big thanks to Mara Thomas, who writes regularly for the blog, co-facilitates workshops with me, and gives me lots of encouragement. (laughs) And finally, and very importantly, thank you to the interview guests who trusted me with their words, wisdom, and stories. I am so deeply grateful to have spent quality time in conversation with so many wonderful triangle artists. Happy holidays, everyone. I'll see you next year. And now it's time for a question from a listener on Ask the Soapbox. Dear Soapy, how do I know which artistic medium is really me? I create art in several media, but feel pressure to choose one. How can I determine which medium aligns best with the rest of me? Signed, Priyan. Dear Priyan, thank you so much for the question. The short version of my response is that you already know the answers to your questions because you're really the only one who can determine which medium aligns best with the rest of you and which artistic medium is really you. How you do it is to take the next step towards making that decision. You know you best. You know what you need. You know what to do next. So I'm giving you permission, if you need it, to listen to your intuition and go with what you're feeling. Be you. Do what's next. That's the short version. The longer version is the following, which is a smattering of looking at these questions from a few different angles. I hope that some of it's helpful, and I'd love to know if it is. So drop me another anonymous line via the Artist Soapbox website. Okay, the longer version. Now, you didn't mention where the pressure to choose one is coming from. I'm going to assume it's coming from you. If it's not, then you might want to listen to episode 53 when I answered the question from Molly about feeling pressure from a loved one to get a, quote, real job, because I think some of that might apply, and you'll see the link to that in the show notes. So, feeling the internal pressure to choose one, I'm also wondering if the pressure that you feel is related to something finite, a finite resource like time, energy, space, or money, or if it's related to your identity and your sense of self. Now, if your choice is bound by a finite resource like time, money, space, or energy, in other words, you have only enough to pick one type of medium and you can't pick the others, then just pick the one that fits within what is realistic and do that for a few months. Make a pro-con list, look at your money, time, space, and energy, and pick the one that you think you can accommodate. At the end of the three months, you'll know whether you're happy working in that medium. And if you're not, then it's time to focus on how to get more money, time, space, or energy so you can work in the other medium that you really yearn for. You will feel compelled to come up with a solution if you feel strongly that working in another way is what you definitely want to do. So pick one for a few months and then reassess. And P.S., it's most helpful not to spend your three months thinking about all the other art you could be making in the other mediums. Just focus on what you're doing and find what enjoyment you can during that time. Make a meal out of it and see if it fills you up. It's really rare that we can do all the art at once because life, right? But we can do one thing at a time. If resources aren't the issue, but you still feel like you need to pick one to give yourself a more definitive label, then here are a few thoughts. 
First, take comfort. This is the age of the multi-hyphenate. Few artists are just one thing, and no one says you have to pick and stick artistically. There are many examples of hybrid, multidisciplinary art all over, especially locally, when we are mostly self-producing and selling our work. In many cases, making just one type of art doesn't make sense if you're hustling to make ends meet. Making art that bridges disciplines can actually be helpful in cultivating audiences and turning people onto a new type of work that you, and maybe maybe only you, make. Are there ways to combine the types of work that you make? Perhaps there are ways to break the mold and go your own way artistically. So in this case, don't pick one, pick them all, and be that proud multi-hyphenate. Secondly, I'm wondering if you can see a way that the different media relate to one another in a way that makes sense to you. For example, do you portray the same subject matter across multiple? Are there patterns you observe in your work no matter how you make it? What ties your work together across mediums? The process, the product, the emotional reaction that you elicit from your viewer, your motivation in making it, the way it makes you feel? Perhaps it's not the artistic medium that is you, but rather something else related to the art. Perhaps you use art to make change or teach or to soothe. Perhaps all of the art you make is for children or for adults who are seeking their inner child. Think about why all of those different mediums call to you and whether you can make sense out of the bigger picture. How do you define yourself as a creator? What do you create? Why? So in this case, you can lean harder into who you are as an artist, regardless of the materials that you use to create. And that allows you to use any medium, all media, with a degree of comfort because they're all a means to express who you are. Again, I'll say, Priyan, you are very likely knowing the answers to your own question already. Oftentimes, the pressure to choose one thing, to put ourselves in a box, feels like an external pressure, but is almost certainly an internal pressure. As artists, our personal identity is tied very closely to our artistic output, and sometimes what we make gets confused with who we are. Perhaps you're afraid to let one medium go because that's what you've always done. That's what people expect from you. You're known as the artist who does XYZ, and breaking away from that could feel like a profound shift or fracture in your identity and may even feel like a loss that you would need to process and mourn. But if we're lucky, then as artists, we will all move through our long lives and live through various seasons of creative work. The work I do in my 40s wouldn't have fit me in my 20s, and vice versa. The art that is me now is the art that I am making now, the art that I want to make, that I feel called to make now. Priyan, I encourage you to get in touch with your gut, with your intuition. Get out of your head and look to the sensations in your body that will answer your questions about what is really you. Trust yourself to provide that answer if you just let go of the fear and consider what it is you really want to do next. So your choices, 
just pick one for a certain time period or find the way in which they can all work for you as an artist and listen to what you're telling yourself about what you want to do next. Be brave, my artist friend. I'm wishing you all the luck and I'm rooting for you. I hope that's helpful. Thanks for listening. Artist Soapbox is a listener-supported podcast. Please support the podcast via our Patreon page, patreon.com slash artistsoapbox. For more information, go to our website, artistsoapbox.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. All of this information is in the show notes. Artist Soapbox music is composed by Bart Matthews. Thanks so much, and we're out. <laughs>